Hi ladies, Anna Sophie here and welcome to the PCOS Trainer Podcast. We're going to talk about all things PCOS, fitness, how to achieve root cause resolution and how you can lose fat without cutting out gluten, without cutting out dairy and really optimizing your body through strength-based workouts. So keep on listening. I'm excited to share this episode with you. All about how to live a healthy lifestyle when those around you don't. And I know this is something both of us have actually grown up around and maybe you could share a little bit about your experience with it. Yeah, I think that to start it off, I want to just put out there that it is probably the most common issue that we all deal with. And it's I don't like I definitely want to put out there that you're not alone. I come from a Hispanic family. My entire family is from Mexico. So the majority of what we eat is fried, deep fried. And I mean, I've had to deal with this since I was a teenager where I started realizing like, this isn't super healthy. Like I want to be, uh, you know, a more in shape person. I realized this as a kid, I think I can't even, I don't even know how I came to this realization that this doesn't seem healthy. And so I started trying to implement new ways of preparing foods as a teenager to make them a little bit more healthy. And I mean, years and years later, I've got some, you know, tips and pointers to put out there, but just wanted to say that it is so common and it's something that you can definitely connect with, with your coach. Yeah. And I think too, we have to like I like to take a step back and look at the bigger picture and realize the reason we're likely out of shape or struggling to stay in shape is because our behaviors and habit and environment and the lifestyle that we've developed was surrounded by probably unhealthy behaviors. So it's more than likely if you're out of shape, everyone around you or the behaviors that you grew up around are unhealthy behaviors. So we have to learn to rewire the way we think and it becomes second nature. And when I look at people that are fit and they seem fit effortlessly, it's not because they have amazing genetics or they're blessed. Although we tend to like to think that they have something magical that we don't. It typically is that they grew up with healthy behaviors and making healthy choices and enjoying healthy food or learning how to balance their food um, is something that they don't think about because they were taught it at such a young age that's ingrained in them. So it's not that they have it easier. I mean, they do because they don't think about it, but if you can shift your behaviors and, and what you do in your second nature, it'll be something you don't have to think about down the line as well. Yeah. And I think we all play the comparison game. I definitely did. I mean, I am going to turn 31 years old and just last year would work out at a gym in Dallas, Texas when I lived there and would see this, this girl working out at the gym who is a gym shark bottle and she is an influencer and she I was like, she's in amazing shape. She has the legs that I've dreamt of. And so I ended up finding her on social media or just running into her on social media. And it turns out, oh, she's been an athlete in college and high school all these years. And so she's had these habits that she's implemented so long ago. And I think one thing that we need to kind of realize is that maybe we just don't have the support in our lives that we've needed all this time. And we're wondering, why can't I look this way? Why don't I, you know, have this amazing physique? Maybe we just didn't have the support we needed, but we definitely have some tips and pointers for how to 
implement these habits, make changes and stick with them. Yeah. What do you think is like, if, if you're someone that is around people that have unhealthy behaviors, maybe it's your partner, maybe it's the whole, the kids don't like the healthy food. Maybe it's you're living with family or roommates and they, they have very unhealthy behaviors as well. How do you deal with that? What are some strategies that we could use to try and, you know, either get some support or be able to not be maybe tempted by what they're doing? Yeah, so I definitely deal with that right now. Um, I came back to California and I'm spending some time with my mom and my husband and I are here. And so my mother is someone who has high blood pressure, high cholesterol, all the above. And I stress to her like, mom. I've always wanted to help you, you know, with your health habits. Why not just get started now? Oh, it sounds easy, right? Oh, yeah, no. Like, my mother will come home from work, and I think, oh, she's just going to come and rest. And she's like, oh, I'm going to cook this. And I think to myself, that's not the most macro-friendly meal, right? But um, I think one of the biggest things that we can do is set up your non-negotiables. For me... It's breakfast. I can do and make whatever I want because I'm usually up earlier than my husband and my mom's at work. And this is temporary, right? The state. But still, you know, three months could definitely make a lot of changes in you. Another thing is I control what I eat for lunch, right? Any snacks, all that stuff. When it comes to dinners that we typically eat together as a family, Um, I always try to have things that I know are macro-friendly. I mean, you don't have to be perfect 100% of the time, but if some of my 20% of that wiggle room can go in that dinner that I don't necessarily always have control over, then I try to focus on, all right, that's where my flexibility is going to come in. My breakfast, it's non-negotiable. My lunch is non-negotiable as well as hitting my macros, but that 20% can go into that meal where other people might have a say in what we eat, but it doesn't mean you have to eat exactly what everybody else eats. And that's something super important to know. Don't feel awkward. Don't feel ashamed. You have autonomy and you could decide what you put in your body. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I like to come from two perspectives. I, I always think like as a coach, I'm like, on one hand, I'm like the little angel on one shoulder. And the other hand, I'm like the evil devil that's like going to give you the tough love. And so whenever I give a perspective, I give both. And on one hand, I've got to be that tough love person and say, look, you're the one putting the food in your mouth. Like, yes, it might be there, but you made a choice to eat it. It's not like they shoved it down your throat and said, you have to have, they might give you some tough love for wanting to have those things. But, you know, ultimately that's a choice that you made. And I think you can always use this as an opportunity to learn, like, how do they feel when they eat like this? Do I actually enjoy this? And maybe you do fall into those temptations because it's the old behaviors and how you used to act. But it also is a great way to redefine the identity that you've started creating of this new healthier version and potentially influence the people around you. But I do think it's important to note that the probably one of the worst strategies is trying to change people around you because you can't make people that don't want to change, change. You can influence them by being happy and making those changes yourself, but it has to be something that they decide to change. Otherwise you're kind of fighting a losing battle. Yeah. And I think that's such a good point because for my my entire life, like I said, I started implementing those 
healthy habits. I was always the skinny, the petite one, you know, all the above. And my nieces would run to me, hug me because they were so small and would tell me, oh, you're so skinny. And they thought that I was just like that, right? So um, until recently, though, at family gatherings, I've noticed even my older brothers who are big and tough have been just picking my brain about, well, what would you recommend for someone who has high cholesterol? What would you recommend for someone who has this? Because now they're in their 40s, my siblings, or the majority of them. So now they're coming to me just casually. We're eating dinner at a my you know my mom's birthday party and my brother who never ever talks about eating healthy is like so it turns out I'm 20 pounds overweight <laughs> and starts the conversation with me so another point that I wanted to touch on is that we may not realize that we have a form of, of peer pressure when we are around our family members mm-hmm. so what can you do with that peer pressure now that you know we're not in high school peer peer being peer pressured into drinking alcohol when we're not supposed to, right? It's more of at this birthday party, for example, we have two types of cakes. Did I have to eat both? No. Did I eat both types of cakes? No. I actually was allowing myself a slice and had a couple bites and thought to myself, ugh, it's just too much. It's too rich, too sweet. But that's still a decision you make at the end of the day. And like you said, you are the one controlling what goes into your body. Yeah. And when you talk about that pressure, I see it come from two perspectives. There's, uh, I think that I like looking at both sides always. So there's always this one side where they want you to be happy and to the people around you, they maybe feel happy because they feel happy when they eat unhealthy food or they think it makes them happy. Maybe they use it as a way to cope. So when they see you not eating those foods, they start getting triggered because to them, that's how they cope. And so they think that you're unhappy because you're not enjoying it. And so a lot of times it is your perspective going into it. If you're not eating that cake and you're going, oh, I'm on a diet. I can't have that. I'm not allowed that. They're going to think you're unhappy. And of course they're going to pressure you. But if you go, oh my God, I love this salad. Like I'm having the best time. Like what ingredients in this? Like, and then they say, and then they say, oh, are you having cake? You can just say, oh no, I don't really like cake. Or, you know, I'm just don't have a sweet tooth anymore. Like I'm full. I usually say I'm full because I usually am. I eat so much of the healthy stuff. Um, yeah. And they realize you're happy and, and they don't care. But a lot of times if you go in with a negative mindset, they're going to pick up on that. And it's not that they're trying to sabotage you. It's they genuinely think you're unhappy. But with that said, there is a side where I see people trying to sabotage you as well. And it's kind of like, you know, if you're the crab crawling out the bucket, everyone's going to pull you down. And it's because that's their comfort zone. And when you're doing something different than the person you've been or the person that's similar to them, they want you to be back at their level. And it's kind of a human psychology thing. And a lot of times it's subconscious as well. And that's why it's important to surround yourself with people that do support your goals as well. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things that you can do is communicate what you're trying to do and say, look, I'm not necessarily on this like strict diet, but I am aware of what certain foods do to my body. And so you can look at what foods are available. There are things you can do in order to eat healthier foods when you are at family gatherings and say, oh, I'll volunteer to bring X, Y, and Z. So that gives you some control. For example, I decided to make a salad and I told my sister, I'm making a salad, bringing that because I know that that was going to be a way for me to get some micronutrients in such a hectic day. And you can just, you know, you just educate yourself on 
what types of foods ha- are actually okay to eat. So for example, yeah, one of the most common things that my my culture eats is beans. And if they're not refried, they're just boiled. It's just water, carbs, and protein, a lot of fiber as well. So that's something that I know I can count on always having that's pretty macro-friendly. Another thing is rice. Um, I mean, yes, brown rice, low glycemic index, the best, for, you know, the best for PCOS. But um, if you don't have brown rice, like a little bit of rice isn't going to kill you that day, but you could skip it. Um, and another thing is there's always a protein. Now, it might not be the leanest version of protein, but you can still have a little bit of protein and consider that there is a higher fat content, but, you know, I have a post on tips for eating out while dieting. It's just about planning your day. And so you just have to think ahead. Absolutely. And I think going back to what we were saying in the beginning of this call about, you know, the people that have this leaner body and it seems effortless. One of the things that they're really great at doing without even consciously doing it is thinking ahead about what's going on. When I'm around my friends that are very fit, we're typically thinking, oh, like we're going to be out all day. We should probably either plan a healthy restaurant in the area or pack some snacks. Like that's what allows us to actually hit our targets because we aren't not thinking about it and then winging it and then thinking, okay, I've got to get McDonald's now because there's no other choice, you know, like we're planning ahead. And then if we know we're going to say a family event, because I think this is a great example, we think let's bring our own healthy option. There's probably not going to be protein. So let's try and have some protein earlier or later in the day and thinking accordingly. And if you always go in and think about that and taking it a step further, thinking about eating food in its most whole form, it's going to be a lot better for your body and and being able to hit your goals as well. And it doesn't mean you can't indulge a little bit, right? We like to have that 20% margin of error, but I think too, that it comes back to kind of this mindset around food as well. And one thing with my family, and I know you've talked a little bit about how your family's kind of had these maybe unhealthier behaviors is is the same with me growing up. You know, I, one thing I noticed is quite interesting and looking at all of my family, even my extended family, I noticed that it's the way they view food. It's not mm-hmm. just a social thing because food is social, right? Like it's good to enjoy their family. There's family cooking, but they view it purely as a form of pleasure. Like I'm sad. I'm going to eat food. Um, I need to celebrate. I'm going to eat like, and not just eat like a meal together to celebrate like with the company, but like, I'm going to eat a ton of sugar and get a sugar like high. And it's almost like they're using it as, as as like a medicine or Mm -hmm. as this emotional thing. And I realized for me growing up that food was always so emotional and I had to retrain myself to think of it as fuel. And now when I go into these occasions, like I think because I allow myself things in moderation, I don't feel this need to binge on all the sweets to celebrate like I like just having the company there and if I want it I'll have a bite but usually I actually prefer my healthy food and I bring it with me and my family's learned to accept me because that's what makes me happy and they know I'm genuinely happy for doing that and not genuinely happy when I eat a ton of sugar and I have a sugar crash and I feel terrible after so yeah and I think one way you can look at it is how is that different from alcohol a lot of the times we drink alcohol because of the people around us. And a lot of the times people drink alcohol because they're stressed, because they are unhappy, because they had a rough day. 
Some people use food the same way. So we just have to have healthy relationships with everything that we consume, everything that we surround ourselves with. So are you going to do what everybody else is doing because, oh, we're on the beach and, you know, everyone else is day drinking or everyone else is eating pizza and not saying, you know, there's anything wrong with eating pizza once in a while, everything in moderation, right? But um, some of the times you do have a say when it comes to where you're going to eat. So if it's not a family gathering, but it's a let's go out to eat with friends. So now this is bringing it into my friend circle. How often do any of your friends say, oh, hey, do you guys want to go eat on this day? And we're going to go here. A lot of the times it's, do you guys want to go eat out and hang out and just have a girl's day? Everyone agrees to it. And then you start talking about where to go. Well, you can pipe up and say, I want to go to this place because you know they have macro-friendly options. You know that you know the menu. You can look the menu ahead up, uh, look up the menu ahead of time and plan what you're going to eat. So back to the, there's always, you know, the biggest thing is just pre-planning. And another thing is, what if they actually really appreciate when it, it comes to a family gathering, what if they really actually appreciate you bringing something refreshing? I mean, and, and healthy, right? For me in California, this week, it's going to be over 100 degrees per day. So if my family says, let's go to the park on Sunday, and we wait until we get there to decide what we're going to eat, well, if they all go get Costco pizzas again, I might just pick up a chicken salad big enough for several people. And guess what? There are going to be several people who say, oh, that sounds good. I want that. So it's just about putting in your, you know, not being afraid of having a say of expressing your, you know, your, your mind and saying, I'm going to bring this. And that's that. That's just, it could be one of your non-negotiables. Yeah. So true. And and usually people actually want a healthier option as well. And I think that's where balance comes in. It doesn't mean you can't have some of that pizza, but it's like, hey, maybe I have instead of three slices of pizza, I have one slice and a side of the chicken salad. And and I have maybe a water instead of the soda that everyone else is drinking. And now I can still make those memories and still prioritize my goals. And it doesn't have to be this all or nothing thing. And I think that when we realize that the people around us shape us, but we don't have to we don't have to completely remove ourselves from the person that we were either, but realizing that we're supposed to evolve, we're supposed to change and people that love you will accept those changes. And it might have some pushback, but we don't live to please others. And I think as women, where we often feel like we exist for someone else, you know, we're, we're there to serve others, to help them, right? We're, the kids come first, the family comes first. But we need to prioritize ourselves. And when we do that, we realize that, you know, when we take care of ourselves, we can give back to others even more. And we don't have to do things for them, but we can do them for ourselves. Right. And I always tell my clients, just like I would tell my husband when he would say, I want to work on this so that my, I want to work on my marriage, right? In our relationship. And I would say, work on yourself and everything and everyone else around you will benefit from it. So don't make it about anyone else, but yourself. It's not selfish. Who, if you don't take care of yourself, who will, we won't always have our parents. We won't always have our spouses there 24 seven. So if I don't take care of myself, no one else is going to necessarily the way that I can. So it's all about, standing up for yourself, making decisions like a grown adult, 
you know, and, and just taking care of the controllables that you actually have under your control. Because some things you can't control at all. You just have to say, well, it is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. But there are things that are in your control and you just have to determine which of those they are. Yeah. And taking ownership. I think one of the things that I see in clients who are the most successful is they own their choices. And the people that are pointing fingers, oh, it's your fault. It's their fault. They did it. It's because they'll never actually take ownership for the choices that they have to make. And one of the best ways to look at this, and I I use this strategy all the time with clients, and um, you probably hear me say this quite a bit, but it's like brain dumping and, and literally writing out when we feel overwhelmed, like, I can't control this or this is going on and everything's so stressful. I say, put it all on paper because once you write it out, there's probably way less than you thought in your head and you can visually see it and you can realize, okay, out of all the things I'm stressing on, maybe it's a list of 10 things. And we felt like it was a million in our head. We really, it's only 10 things. Out of those 10, I bet you at least half of them are things that no matter how much you think about it, worry about it, try to change it, you can't, right? Like, we can't change they're doing construction next door. We can't change that, you know, we, I don't know. And I can't think of another example, but we get the point. Like we can't yeah. change everything, but we can change, you know, what time we go to bed. We can change, you know, things you can actively do. Like if the house was on fire and you could put what, put the water on and put the fire out, then it's something worth stressing about. But all those other things like throw them away. And we realize that we have so, so much control over the choices we make but then we just tend to put all the, the the blame onto everyone else and the things that we have no control over. Yeah, and I think that a lot of our clients who listen to this are going to recognize that probably every single check-in, we say it's all about your mindset. And they'll get tired of hearing us say that, but it is all about your mindset. Because like you were saying, you can be stressing about something and you write it down and it turns out it could be two things. Or it could be one thing that we're just building up into something so much bigger. And when you just write it down, put it into perspective and think of ways that, well, is this something that's in my control? Yes. Okay. Then I'm not, the way that my mom says is, is it in your control? No. Then don't worry about it. Is it in your control? Yes. Don't worry about it. Either way, it's going to work itself out, whether it's under your control or not. That's so true. So true. So recapping kind of strategies, because I know we tend to go on tangents when we chat. Mm-hmm. Let's bring it back to kind of the, the main strategies that we have here. And the first I would say is um, recognizing that we're making choices for ourselves and not mm-hmm. others around us, right? Like we are in control of our own actions and other people can have opinions, but it's ultimately on us. That would be my first strategy. What would you say is the second thing? I think that communicating is a good strategy because when you decide on a goal for yourself it yeah it's great for you to go after it but if no one else around you knows about it you might not be getting the support that you potentially have there so if like my another example my mom came home last night and said I'm done eating bread and I said, what do you mean? Because in our culture, we have something called pan dulce. And it's delicious, sweet, carbs upon carbs upon carbs. And she said, I noticed that I've been eating a lot almost every day. So I'm just going to cut back on it for my health. And I said, cool, that's amazing. So she communicated this goal, this change, which then I told my husband and the three of us decided we're all going to actually support each other and do it together. 
So if you communicate it with those around you, even if it's a social media goal, like you're going to transform your body. So you're going to make a new Instagram about your body transformation. It's a way to be held accountable. And so communication is key in everything, right? In your relationships. And to take that a step further, we could probably do a podcast on this itself, but I think that the clients that share the most, especially on social media, add that extra layer of accountability because now not only is it to themselves and the people they've told it to, but it's the whole world. They've they've spoken it into existence. And when you play small and you keep it to yourself, you're not like manifesting this change that's happening. But when you speak it to the world, you're making it happen because you have so much accountability and so many people are wanting it for you as well. And and it goes into what we were saying as well, where it's like, when we communicate, then people know this is something we genuinely want. And they don't think we're unhappy because we're saying no. They think we're actually, you know, happy and and achieving something that we've told them is, is so important to us. Yeah, and I think that kind of takes me into my next tip, which would be knowing your why and always remembering your why. So when you communicate it, when you put it out there into the world, you are, I'm a big believer of manifesting. Our surroundings are a result of what we've put a lot of energy into it, whether we are um, conscientious of it or not, or aware of it or not. So remembering your why whether it's a vision board, journaling, a social media um, account where you are constantly putting that information out there, remembering why you decided to do this and your why should always be bigger than any obstacle around you. This is going to, you don't want to always focus on, oh, this is going to make me so happy because nothing's ever as it seems, right? But if one of the reasons is I'm sick and tired of feeling this way, I'm sick and tired of looking a certain way, that is a big enough why to me. And it's bigger than any obstacle that comes my way. Yeah, absolutely. Your why is what's going to get you there. And when you fall off track, coming back to your why is always the reason. And the why, I'm going to be honest, it's never just the body. We think it's the body. No. We weight it's so much deeper and when we have the why the why has to become bigger than the obstacle now I think the next tip I'm going to give is going to be to actually plan ahead for the obstacles instead of thinking that obstacles are never going to happen which is what most people do when they go into a diet when they hit one if it throws them off I like to think that obstacles are necessary steps actually I want you to hit obstacles I know that sounds backwards but when we pre-plan the obstacles we know they're coming we know we're going to hit setbacks and we plan ahead for them we're more likely to overcome them and learn from them which then allows us to actually change into the person that now has healthy behavior so when people around you are throwing things at you instead of thinking you're always going to be perfect know you're probably going to cave doesn't mean it's something you are going to continue but knowing hey it's going to happen I'm going to learn from it I know those things are going to be there so I'm going to have other strategies like other foods around just in case having things prepared in advance planning ahead knowing the obstacles ahead is probably I would actually bump that to number one is the things that are going to allow to be successful yeah and I would say like I was going to say that was my last tip, but it honestly could be an entire podcast episode because planning ahead, there's so much strategy that can go into it. It could be as complicated as you want it to be, or it could be as simple as you want it to be. But planning ahead is going to be the key to anything in life. My mom likes to say, if you want to make God laugh, plan. But (laughs) because, right, anything can happen, right? But to some extent, we do have control over what happens. 
if we think about it ahead of time, set up our if then habit strategies. If this happens, then I'm going to do this. If there's only pizza, then I'm going to only have a slice because I'm not going to be starving. And after one slice, I'm going to feel pretty satiated in my opinion. Um, If it's a party where it's a potluck, which if it's a family thing, you can always recommend a potluck and volunteer to bring something that you know, like I said earlier, is micro-friendly and you can definitely afford. So it's all about setting up your if, this, then, blank. And insert what you're going to do. And come up with multiples. Like I would say, hey, I'm going out. Say I'm I'm on a weight loss journey and I'm going out to Vegas with my friends for a bachelorette, okay? Now, if I'm at this bachelorette and everyone's out drinking, I might initially have a plan to not drink. I'll just have diet sodas and water. But what if I do have a drink? Okay, well then my next if then is gonna be if I have a drink, I'll limit it to two and I'll make sure I have a water in between each drink. Then say maybe, you know, there's, there's food there. If there's food and I had two drinks and I'm tempted, I won't eat or I will order the healthier thing. Well, what if I am starving and I do order? Well, I'll make sure that I don't order the unhealthiest thing on the menu. I'll try to be mindful. Like there's always a better choice. And I think when we can eliminate that black and white and say, look, I don't have to be perfect, but I can make the best choice. And I have a few backup plans in case, you know, it doesn't go to plan. That's how we know we still did the best we possibly could and that we didn't just say F it and throw everything to the wayside. Yeah, and and again, we can do an entire podcast topic on this, but when you are eating out with friends, uh, one of the last things I will leave you with is always order first. Do not be influenced by what your best friend, your spouse, your sibling is ordering, okay? Always decide what you're ordering. Don't ask everyone what they're going to order because that's going to influence what you order as well. And so I don't ask people what they're ordering. It doesn't matter. It's not going to change my life. I'm not going to, they're not going to share with me, right? Unless it's your spouse, maybe, but always order first. Don't ask what everybody else is ordering. Don't fall for the peer pressure. Come up with your if then scenarios and you will notice yourself coming up with these changes on your own so naturally on our support call, one of our clients said everyone was on the beach drinking and I decided, eh, I'll just have a vodka soda later, which I personally don't consume alcohol, but I do know that it's one of the more macro-friendly options because it's no added sugars, carbs, et cetera, right? It's just alcohol and calories, right? Yeah. And I think to thinking it's always going to be there. It's not like food's never going to be there again. Like we're in this phase, we have a goal, like if we really want it, we're still craving it down the line. Allow yourself to have it later. Like sometimes I lie to myself, I'm going to have it later tonight. And then I eat some healthy and I don't even want it anymore. But if I do want it this week, I was craving nachos all week. I said no. And then Friday I was (laughs) like, you know what? I'm just going to have nachos and the craving went away. And so understanding your body and and how you want things is, is so important, but Anyways, I feel like we are touching topics that we can do entire calls on. (laughs) So much good info in here today. So um, I hopefully you girls get a good takeaway here and understand some tips and tricks around how to stay on track when those around you maybe aren't the best influence, but also realizing that you can influence them and you don't have to give into the behaviors that they have. Thank you so much for joining Jess. I know this is our first podcast together uh, but many many more to come um we can talk for hours so we're trying to keep this under 30 minutes today so i really appreciate you being here 
Yeah, of course. I mean, I love talking about this stuff. And if anything helps, I would love to put it out there. Yes. Amazing. Well, I'll start brainstorming for our next topic and uh, we'll all talk again soon. Sounds good. All right. Bye. Bye.